All right, before I get started, I would like to take a hot second to thank our listeners, particularly uh, particularly our listeners in Spain and Australia. All right, in particular, I would like to thank Harold H., DJ Morgan, and Avoid Eternal X. Thank you for your support. All right, now to the official list of supporters. Iron Asylum, located at 35165 KB Drive in Lovely Soul.net, Alaska. You can find them on Instagram as well as Facebook. You can also find them on their super-duper sweet-ass website, theironasylumgymak.com. They carry sweet-ass supplements from Redcon 1, and they are your home for those super-duper sweet-ass Iron Asylum Fuck Cancer shirts. Profits from these shirts are going to support a local resident with colon cancer. Um, I was at Iron Asylum this morning. I did a quick walk on the treadmill after I did some jiu-jitsu. I love that place. I try and make it in every day. It's it's where I go as early in the morning as I can because I think that it gets my day started. I got my zombie squad there. I got my zombie squad at jujitsu. Just got an army of zombies getting up early and fucking getting it. So shout out to the zombie squads out there. All right. Um, if you're interested in Iron Asylum, be sure to check them out. Again, that website is theironasylumgymak.com, as well as Instagram and Facebook. If you would like to get more information, 907-953-4720 is the number. All right, Red Run Cannabis Company, located on the Kenai Spur Highway. They're the makers of fine concentrates to include some pretty sweet-ass, like, full-gram diamonds. If you're into concentrates, you got to appreciate the beauty of these things. Uh, they also make terp sauce. They make all kinds of really, really cool concentrates, as well as they grow their own flour. Someone once uh, described this to me, and so I like to describe them as sort of like a farm-to-table provider. They grow cannabis, they manufacture cannabis, and they present it to you. So they are your cultivator, they are your retailer, and you you get to know everyone involved uh, from the, the beginning to the end of the process. All right, so they also make Hashade. If you're not familiar with Hashade, it is probably the most delightful edible I've ever had. It is a 50 milligram uh, THC glass of lemonade. You have it on a cold day, you can warm it up and have it on a hot day. You can get creative with it. You're a grown-up. If you can go into Red Run or, or your local retail establishment and get yourself a Hashade, then you can figure out what to do with it next. If you want to mix it with some Red Bull or you want to go to some other grown-up places, man, you figure it out on your own. I'm not responsible for your choices. All right. Uh, now, as a retail operation, they carry some of the baddest cultivators on uh, in the state of Alaska to include Alaska Blooms, Warner Brothers, uh, and a few others. You can check them out on Weed Maps and see what other cultivators they carry because it, it goes from day to day, man. It's a rotating stock. It's flowers. They come in, and then they go, and they get, they get more stuff, and then they get less stuff. Um, but they also carry Lady Grey Medibles. If you're not familiar with Lady Grey Medibles, this is... Uh, I don't know what way to describe this other than edibles for people that drink $5 coffees. All right. This is really high quality. If you've got a loved one coming from out of state, especially a state that doesn't have edibles, this is what you get for them. All right. This is you, you get mom, uh, the, the lady gray medible ice cream or the Lady Grey Medible Almond Joyfuls, and, and then let, let your mom figure it out. She'll love you even more. All right. Um, also, they carry fireweed extracts. If you're not familiar with fireweed extracts, uh, they make some pretty damn good terp uh, sugars. They also make a, a line of edibles. I, it's fireweed something or other, but yeah, it's the same company. They make some damn good edibles, and they're really inexpensive. Oh, by the way, you can drop the edibles, uh, these little hard candies, you can drop them in the hashade, shake it up, let it dissolve, and again, you're a grown-up. You figure it out. All right, by the way, shout-out to uh, Alaska Blooms. Shout-out to my friend Adam uh, and Bob and, and the fine folks up there. They, they put out a really, really fucking fire product. All right, by the way, Real solid shout-out to Red Run Cannabis Company, who are supporters of this show. RedRunCannabisCompany.com for more information. Join the royalty, uh, the Red Run Royalty Program. Get yourself some points. Save yourself some money. They've got all kinds of sales going on, whether it's Terpy Tuesday. Uh, I believe it's Edible Monday and then Pre-Roll Wednesday. You, you get it out. You figure it out. Sign up for the text messages. You'll get the text messages. Do all that stuff. Get involved with Red Run. They, they make cool stuff, and they sell cool stuff. All right. 
5150 Vapes, located in the heart of Soldatna. If you are a person that is looking to get your sweet ass off of cigarettes because... You know, you've been smoking cigarettes for a long time, and now you're just ready to quit that terrible, nasty habit, and you want to suck some nicotine blueberry juice? Man, 5150 Vapes in Soldatna is the place to go get your blueberry-flavored uh, nicotine juices. They, they don't just have blueberry, though. They've got all kinds of flavors. I think pretty much everything but peanut butter, because apparently peanut butter will kill Dave, and I don't want my friend Dave to die because... He's my friend, especially, I mean, we're all going to buy the farm at some point, but not over peanut butter vapors, because if that's how you go, man, I don't want my my friend to be remembered as the guy that died because he got peanut butter vapors. That would suck. All right, today's guest is J.P. Carnegie, a.k.a. the most entertaining man in Alaskan radio, a.k.a. the man in the mornings over at 106.9 The Fuse. I am not 100% sure that I am allowed to give you his radio alias eyes, alias I, whatever it is, um, but I can tell you that he is a really, really talented producer. He makes the best bits, and, I mean, we're lucky to have him on the peninsula. And you can find him in the mornings on 106.9. All right, we've been friends for a long time. We work together in radio at 106.9. And this is, I'm fairly certain, our very first recorded conversation. So I'm really excited to share it with you. Uh, you can hear JP in the morning on 106.9. And you can also hear him at RadioKenai.net. All right, so enough about the other guy. Some quick updates, some very cool updates. Ari the Rugged Man has a new single and video. The, the track is called Legendary Loser, and it is out on YouTube. Um, I'll follow. I'll uh, post a link up in the uh, in the comments. Also, be sure to check out Alaska Red's YouTube page. He's got Freestyle Friday as well as the Monday Leak in full swing. You can check out his YouTube page for more details. Uh, again, the link will be there. AlaskaHipHop.com is now a thing, and so is I'm excited to make this like this official statement. March 28th, Bun B will be at Coots in Anchorage. More on your opportunity to win some tickets between then and now. Just stay tuned to the podcast. And if you have any uh, any suggestions on, on a way to give away some tickets, feel free to leave them in the comments on our Instagram page and or hit me in the DMs because that's where it goes down. That's actually legitimately where a lot of my initial uh podcast stuff goes down it goes down in the dms we start talking about things and figure out who's you know how to make something interesting so if you have someone that you think would be interesting on the show i'd love to talk to them and you can feel free to send them my way all right thank you so much um for our supporters thank you so much for for you the listener for listening this far all right ladies and gentlemen jp carnegie See, I don't know how I feel about Rage Against the Machine coming back. Like, I've got fond memories of them when I was a kid. I seen them when kid. I was 14. In 94, they played uh, Ridgeline Speedway right on the border of Washington and Idaho between Spokane and Coeur d'Alene. Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Between the races and the demolition derby. It was freaking amazing. That sounds really cool. There's like a Cabela's across the street from that now. Is there? It yeah. used to be out there by itself in the middle of fucking nowhere pretty much. Well, the area is expanding. I mean, like Spokane no, is like hospitals and Coeur d'Alene is, is like a resort town now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a resort town for a long time. I was but born in Kootenai County General Hospital right across the street from fucking Wild Waters fucking Splash Park. <laughs> Water Slide Park. So um, when I was uh, when I was stationed at Fairchild, we had to call the Kootenai County Jail. You remember the Fairchild Air Force Base shooting in 1994? I read about it. My um, grandfather was one was the deaf guy who was running around putting people into rooms and shit. No shit. And the military flew me, my mom, and my sister down there while he was in the hospital and shit. No kidding. Yeah, that whole summer it was. It sounds out. That was when I seen Rage Against the Machine. I mean, I'm I'm glad your grandfather's uh, was okay, and uh, you got to see Rage Against the Machine. Awesome. I don't I don't doubt for a second that they put on a badass show. Yeah. I just I'm just, and it's perfect because it's an election year. Why it's there? Yeah, but they're th they've had so many election years to to come back. But this they, is such a huge one with everything that's been happening, you know, all the back and forth with. The, you know, the almost split in the nation because of they wanted to say, you know, either you love Trump or you hate Trump, and it's like there's no in between. And I'm like, yeah, there is. I don't could care two shits less, really. Well, I go back to like 
uh, George Bush and and the set well the second George yeah. Bush we we go back to the uh, the second Gulf War. Uh, 2003, but like, where was Rage Against the Machine that entire time? Um, like, there was yeah. so much. There was a war getting started um, for a bunch of reasons uh, that are that are absolutely up for debate. But what we aren't talking about um, is like, I want to know why Rage Against, why did Rage Against the Machine disappear? Why is it that during the that Bush was before, years, wouldn't it? Um, well, okay, so because they didn't actually start making it huge. Until fucking late 90s. Like, late 90s, yeah. So they, real, they blew radio. up during Clinton. Yeah. Like, they blew up during Clinton, but they broke up uh, for Bush, and they no, broke up for Obama. I mean, a lot of their lyrics were based on what happened previously as well, too. Now. Oh, oh, 100%. Um, yeah. they, I mean, they were a pretty historically active band. But, like, why wait... Why wait until now to do it? They did come back in 2011, too. Yeah, they did. Uh, it was a battle, not Battle for Los Angeles. That was one of their albums. But I remember catching some videos of it online. I guess, like, Dana White like, hopped in a mosh pit in L.A. So yeah. good for them. Um, yeah, I saw that they're playing Coachella. That's interesting. I yes, do like that they're I playing. I to go. The tickets are, like, 600 bucks a piece. They're playing with uh, Run the Jewels, which is which yeah. that excites me. Like, yeah. I want to know if... Because um, Run the Jewels have worked with... Um, uh, with Zach, and uh, I think Zach Zach did a single a couple of years ago. Yeah. It was produced by LP, um, and so I'm you know, I'm totally down with with that. So you know, like I, it's happening whether I like it or not. I don't I, you know it doesn't matter. But like I do want if you're going to pay six hundred dollars to go see Rage Against the Machine, okay. It's yeah, really it's, interesting with me, to me. With, um, with the six hundred dollars, though, you go see the other ones too. Oh, you're gonna see you're gonna yeah. see fifty great bands. There's, I mean, yeah. if you're going for that whole weekend, you're gonna see a whole really long, interesting lineup of yeah. really great, great bands. bands. You're gonna have a great opportunity to see some really wonderful shit. That's why I'm excited about Boston Calling. Like I said, Foo Fighters, Chili Peppers, that'd be badass. Yeah. Well, so I, yeah. So the Chili Peppers. Um, do do yourself a favor um, and and look into the the Red Hot Chili Peppers and uh, like River Phoenix's last night on on the planet on the Viper, uh, at the Viper Room. There it all kind of it all kind of ties in. Um, apparently, they also shit on Mr. Bungle too. See, I'm not a huge Mr. Bungle fan. I like him, but I wasn't huge on him like I was Chili Peppers when I was younger. That's more what it is is like nostalgia. But. You know, that's cool. I liked the Chili Peppers when Californication came out and shit. Yeah. Uh, um, some of their newer shit's kind of great, but yeah. it'd still be cool to have that band notched under my belt. For recording. All good, dude. Um, uh, yeah, so, and that's what, that's a weird thing with Rage Against the Machine is like, or, and, and, uh, Foo Fighters, and not, not so much with the Foo Fighters, because the Foo Fighters have, have stayed active. Oh, like, yeah. Like, they've always been doing some shit. Um, but like. And Grohl is amazing. That's part of it, too. Is like, that's, that's a heck of a band to get under, a notch in your belt to go see, too, in my opinion. You're like, you've seen the Foo Fighters, you know, live? That's awesome. I've seen them on SNL here a while back, and they were, when, uh, Sky Is Your Neighborhood came out. And they're still kicking ass. A lot of it was real Queens of the Stone Age-esque for me as well. Uh, when I was listening to it, I was like, wow, this, you know, it's really got close to that same sound, their newer stuff. And I'm a huge Queens fan. I love Queens of the Stone Age. Well, I think Josh Homme is uh, he's really, he's an influential guy yeah. in the way that, that he performs and the way that he brings other people in. I think that, that the fact that you have bands like Queens of the Stone Age where guys come and go, yeah. and then you have, um, and then, you know, like uh, Eagles of Death Metal, um, you've, Josh Homme is a, is a dude that, that can do a whole bunch of really, his, really cool his stuff. His desert sessions are incredible as well, too. But him and Dave Grohl have played together over and over. In fact, uh, Dave taught the drummer of Queens of the Stone Age. Every time they would lose a drummer, Dave Grohl would come in and show them the ropes about how this is how Queens of the Stone Age sounds, this is what you need to play. And that's why all, you hard, half the time can't hardly even tell that they changed drummers. is because they all play the, close to the same because they're all instructed by Dave Grohl. Fair enough. Yeah. So Cody's a huge Dave Grohl. You know Cody. Cody nicely. Yeah. Uh, Cody nicely of a whole bunch of different bands. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a huge Dr. Grohl fan, and he'll tell you all about Dave Grohl. And that, that's where I learned about how he's the one who comes in and cha trains all their drummers. Uh, them Crooked Vultures too. He plays with Josh Homme and uh, John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin. 
And that is a hell of a super group. I love them Crooked Vultures, if you've ever listened to any of them. Only a couple of songs here and there. Like, I'm not I'm not as familiar as, uh, with their work as I should be, but I have iTunes, so I should probably dig into it. They got one album. Uh, I'm not sure if they've come out with a second one yet, but I really hope they do. Because, like I said, that, it's, it's an awesome sound. It's really, to me, it kind of bends back towards, like, Toadie's... Uh, it's a good or Queens of the Stone Age uh, give the mule what he wants kind of sound you know that yeah. that bluesy Texas rock kind of sound okay and and I think that you, you're probably getting that uh, a lot of where because where it's recorded because yeah. it's all recorded out in the middle of nowhere in the desert um, and so you, you get that feeling but the toadies are they're a great band that's They're, my favorite band of all time is the freaking toadies i haven't heard anything from toadies i didn't like i can listen to every one of their albums from cover to cover i watched a new year's show of theirs in fort worth at the ridgeway theater and it was it was a really really solid show and it was incredible to see them in their hometown yeah um i knew one of their original drummers matt henschel yeah, just they made they just made really really good music, and they continued to make really good music, and it it didn't all sound the same. It sounded like the band evolved, and they got better at what they did. They became better performers. They became better writers without changing the sound at the same time. Yeah, they've stayed the same genre kind of in genre group. Excuse me, throughout all these years, and by handling that same tone but they'll take that tone and bend it and shape it however they want yeah it's, that's how I love them to death they're freaking awesome I would I would pay a million dollars to and shoot myself in the face with a paintball front row of their friggin' show. That way they'll, they'll be like that's that dude who shot himself with a paintball in front row he loved us that much yeah for he loved us so much he shot himself in the face with a paintball gun yeah uh, <laughs> You wouldn't remember me after that. I, yeah, but you wouldn't remember anything. Uh, all right, so what's your favorite concert? <laughs> My favorite concert I've ever been to would probably be War. They were there with Cheech and Chong. Cheech and Chong sucked. If you want to see Cheech and Chong's act from that show, go rent Still Smoking, because it was exactly the same thing. What year was it? Uh, 2014, when the legalization went through okay. they came up and did a show at the Nadina Center with War and War was fantastic man wow pyrotechnics you know popping yeah. and they had the big light screen behind them going off and everything and it's only the one original member the rest of the band has changed out but it did not sound any different man they were awesome you have, I mean, but but if you're at this point, if you're playing in a band like War, right? Yeah. If you're the one of the percussionists, or you're the percussionist, you're gonna be really good. Like you're gonna know War songs, but you're gonna know a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Because that was already part of you know like your learning curve, your learning oh, yeah. process. So like, I don't know. It, I like War. War would be a band that I would want to go see because there are so many moving parts, and because again, if you're one of those dudes who is a percussionist in War. Guess what? You're going to do a, an incredible solo, and I'm going to be stoned, and it's going to be fucking awesome. It was. I might it was, cry. It was great. Every time Cheech and Chong would come out, they came out, War played, or I feel like Cheech and Chong came out, then War played, Cheech and Chong came out again, then War played again, and then it was done. But every time Cheech and Chong would, you know, like they didn't, War played, Cheech and Chong came back out, I was bummed out. I'm like, no, go back to War, you know, I can go home and listen to this stuff. The cool part about it was that Cheech and Chong was 15 feet away from me. That's kind of neat, you know, yeah. like, wow, I'm 15 feet away from Tommy Chong, you know, that's freaking awesome. Uh, Cheech Marin, that's freaking awesome. But I love Tommy Chong. Other, I do too. He's awesome to hang out with. Um, Cheech Marin really would be too. Yeah, I bet he'd be a riot. Absolutely. Um, other than that, I think my second favorite show would be the first time Godsmack came up here, like 2004 or five. Um, Sully, the or lead singer, guitar player, of Godsmack. Yeah. They airlifted him on a platform up behind the drummer, and then they had a drum off for like 20 minutes in the middle of the show, and it was awesome. I like that. It was, yeah, it was awesome. I like that. I, I like when when artists like put work into to the live show. I've been to a, like a really good concert in a really. I mean, I've seen a cut like I was at Humpy's uh, a couple like a month ago uh, on a Saturday night, and I cannot recall like the Immortal Cowboys or something. It was yeah. just a, like a three or four piece band out of there that were awesome. Um, but for me, there's a guy by the name of Jay Rude the Damager. 
was part of the uh, the Gangstar Foundation. He was one of those. Like, he was like part of their crew. This dude had the audience uh, beatboxing, and he was freestyling on top of it. He would just. It was very simple. And just that, and he was just slowly freestyling on top of the audience participation, and and that was for me like I hadn't really seen a whole lot like that um, before. So you know, like that's for me, that's one of the ones that that, that really sticks out. That is super cool too to see something like that. Uh, I've been to a couple different shows where they really get the audience involved. I used to play music, and that was always my favorite shows is when audience was would really react to what you're doing. And sometimes even participate, you know, like I went and seen Dropkick last year, you know, and they'll do the, the old the classic. Fair. Yeah. And they'll do they did the old classic where he starts the lyric with the mic, holds the mic away and then the crowd finishes the rest of the lyric, you know. Yeah. And that's always a good classic to do. We would pull that off at different shows playing back years ago. My first band was actually we mentioned him Cody Nicely. He was the drummer for my very first band. I played guitar and sang and we were called Fifus. We were like 14, 15. Uh, it was the very first band I was ever in. And it was hilarious. It was like the White Stripes, but shittier, and he's not my ex-wife. So, but, but I think you guys would have made a really horrific couple. <laughs> yeah, we probably would have been gross. It would have been gross. It was uh, hilarious. Um, Cody Nicely was my first musical guest on, when I had my radio show. Yeah, he was mine too when I first started. Mm -hmm. um, he was playing with Off the Cuff back then with Micah Day and uh, Bob Costley. They had a larger group put together. It was about seven, I think it was a six or seven piece band. It was pretty cool. Oh, wow. And those are always a lot of fun too, is when you get more together. Like the largest one I've ever been in was a five piece band. We were called The Incredible Fall. Cody played the drums. Uh, my buddy Rain played guitar. Uh, ben Cantile in Canty from the Zebler and Canty Experience dubstep group. Okay. Um, uh, I think I know his mom. Yeah. Uh, he played the guitar and then. I sang, and Cameron Jakinski was the bass player. It was a five-piece band, and it was a lot of fun. Good energy. Um, always got the crowd super hyped. That was always a blast. The crowd freaks out, you know, and we start playing a song. You hit the first couple notes, and it's one they recognize and love. They, you know, that's always a blast. <laughs> so I did a stand-up this past Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I do it every once in a while, like, when it's happening, I, I, like, at least the last two times. And it was, to get that immediate reaction is super rad, but like knowing when to pull back or when to keep going. And yeah, so it, I'm sure it's different with a, with a musician. If you're, you know, if you're on drums or if you're wilding out on the bass and it's your time to wild out on the bass, then you just kind of get into that flow state and you're, you're able to turn your brain off and just do what it is that you've been practicing doing. Yeah, and it's yeah. just the feeling too. Like you'll get into it, and you can almost instead of hearing it, you feel it. You know, for me, anyways, I always kind of just feel it. It's an emotional kind of thing uh, that I feel like you can experience together as you create this sound. Uh, I don't think I've ever been in a band that had the same sound as one of the other bands I was ever in. Um, seems like because everybody comes in with their own uh, uh, influences and whatnot. And it really pulls together and changes how the bands will sound. I was in a group called Drunk Driver of the Year with Pat Heath. Um, and it was a... It's a great name. It, well, all of my bands have had some pretty cool names. Um, but it was a finger-picked acoustic guitar with rap lyrics sung to it. And not like just standard rap lyrics, gangster rap sung to it. It was freaking hilarious. It was awesome. We signed a record contract in 2010 with Decca Records, a uh, subsidiary company. And it went tits up four months later. So the record contract went... But that would have been cool to see it come together. But the sound was awesome. And there was nothing like it, you know, that I'd really ever heard before and it, it went around people stole my CD I'd burn the CDs of the music people would steal it all the time I still get asked about it you know you got any of them drunk driver CDs man you know all the time when oh I think it was about a year ago two years ago we started working on our second album again but haven't haven't talked to Pat for a while I'm not sure what he's been up to he'll do that from time to time vanish off do his thing Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Otherwise, no one else is going to do it. Adulting is bullshit. It's the true fucking story. 
True fucking story. So you went to Cannabis Cup uh, when it came up. Yes. Um, yes. That was rad. And the biggest bummer of it was that Method Man or Red Man did not show up. I, I've, got but, a, I've got a theory about that. But we'll, And before we do that, uh, how was Arrested Development? Arrested Development was fantastic. And that was what I was just going to say was seeing Arrested Development play was something else, man. Uh, a bunch of the other bands they had, Iration and a bunch of other people, um, were just straight killer. You know, great bands the whole weekend, and I had a blast. So, I mean, yes, Method Man and Red Man didn't make it, whoop de doo but I had a blast. It was absolutely fantastic the whole weekend. So, I got to meet Speech uh, and uh, and his wife at the airport. Awesome. Uh, so, like, they were, they were flying back to Atlanta, um, and Speech was... Speech was everything you like expect him to be. Like he was really cool, really nice. I told him about how uh, the song Tennessee was one of the songs that really introduced me to rap music. Uh, it was that. It was uh, Gangstars Take It Personal. Like those were the songs, and, and that was the era. But like those two songs are the songs that really stick out. And I me. love your flavor of rap too. You turned me on to a great uh, Friday night mix show with DJ the. Plains Dealer, Lord DJ Lord Jazz, the Plains Dealer, and I love that. That stuff, some good stuff. So, um, Lord Jazz, if I recall correctly, was the DJ for Lords of the Underground. Yep. Uh, Lords of the Underground just released a new single yes. with uh, Snow Goons, uh, where they're rapping. In, it's it's cool. They're rapping in front of this cathedral in Germany, and this cathedral in Germany. Um, in, in Cologne, like I mean, I used to walk around there. Like it's it's cool. Like I know that yeah. place. But yeah, they're uh, Lords of the Underground are back. Lords of the Underground are the shit, and, yeah. and have been the shit. If you got it, if, if you're at home and you've got Spotify or iTunes or fuck it, you've got YouTube. Yeah, look uh, it up. Look it He's up. He's on Facebook too. He does a Friday night mix show, um, and it's absolutely amazing. Your notif if you got notifications turned on, it'll pop up and tell you the Friday night mix show starting. You know. And Last I great. checked, it was all new music. Like that's yeah. his thing. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to a lot of these other dudes who play like greatest hits of the same songs they've been playing for the last twenty or thirty years. Um, that there's there's stuff on Sirius XM. Yeah. Uh, that's really good. I have a. I don't know if I've sent you the link. I do a mix cast on Mixcloud. Yes. Um, and uh, I haven't put an. I haven't put one up in a, a couple of weeks. I've been focused on doing the podcast, but like try and update the music as often as possible because in Alaska. What I uh, I started doing AlaskaHipHop.com, and one of the things that I realized there's a lot of good there's a lot of garbage, yeah. Um, but there's a lot of really really good stuff, um, and <laughs> and there's a lot of good stuff that came out 15, 16 years ago that people have never heard. Yeah. If you're talking about like Josh Boots Cold Weather Survival Guide, a lot of folks don't know that record exists and don't know who the heck John uh, Josh Boots is. Um, so you have to make it something that they are aware of yeah. uh, in order to to really appreciate it. Um, and you know, you've guys like uh, uh, Skate God or Skatey P who've done some really really cool stuff. Duckman, um, who was, uh, was off the off the cuff, I can't remember the name of the crew he was uh, with out of Anchorage. Um, but yeah, Duckman is is another guy that's just been consistently putting out music. Uh, we got a uh, got a got a music's got a new album coming out and it's going to be fire. Big shout out to Gutta Music. He's incredible, man. I love his stuff. So, um, so yeah. So D Gutta, I met him when he came down Me with too, yeah. with Red. I got um, to chill out with him for a couple hours. He's fucking cool, dude, man. Yeah. Um, he's if you're not following D Gutta nine oh seven, like you probably should. It's some of the filthiest, most Gutta music. Most entertaining yeah. ignorance yeah, ever, and he, and he owns it. He did a um, Christmas song. Did you hear the Christmas song? I don't think I heard the Christmas oh, song. Oh, man. It um, is, it's awesome. I'll show you that. I, uh... I liked. Um, he's got a he's got a rock song that yes. like makes me that, that really he was, is. He was p messing with that earlier today. I seen his, he had a video up about him playing with his, but he's getting there. That he's doing his thing. Soon. Yeah, he just dropped the record uh, last year with. Um, with Fat Trophy Fat Wife. Trophy Wife, yeah. Uh, called Trill Shit. Yep, Trill Shit. And I actually played that on the mix cast. So shout out to shout out to Fat Trophy Wife. And D Gutta. And D Gutta. Yeah, she actually hosted a mixtape for me. Did she? Far yeah, out. she's 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 cool. Her brother is a comedian by the name of Joe Stoltz. Okay. So if you're you know, like if you find yourself in Anchorage and you see like Joe Stoltz on the bill, he's funny and worth your time. Um, my goal. Like I love Cass Smiley too. Oh, Cass like, is and I know great. you and Cass are friends. Uh, Cass is great. 
I got to do an open mic stand-up night one night at Chilkoots with her. And she, yeah? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. She's hilarious. She's she's good people. She's got a comedy festival coming up the first week of April. Yep. Uh, the Before You Die Festival. Very excited about that. We're going to be bringing, um, hopefully, as it stands, a show down here on the 4th. Nice. So we have Bun B on the 28th, and then we'll have a stand-up comedy show on the 4th. I don't have. I can't tell you 100 percent where it's going to be, but I can tell you 75 percent it's going to be. It's going to be bad too. Bad it's going to be badass. So we're going to have yeah. some of these uh, these before you die comics come down, and uh, and, and these are going to be these are going to be national murderers. You know, yeah. like these dudes are these dudes are, are fucking fire. Like Fred Kosky is fire, but this is this is like fire that that we may or may not be ready for. Yeah. Um. And, I'm excited to see what happens because every time Cass comes down here, it's it's she brings she brings some really really funny comedians, and so to see where she's gonna like who she's gonna bring down and what they're going to say and what ideas they're gonna come uh, they're gonna bring to the surface, that's the shit that I'm really interested in. Um, we're working on bringing up Lauren Petrie, Lauren Petrie and uh, uh, Jonah Jonah Barnes out of New York City. Like that's a goal to bring them up here. They've got a, a really cool podcast called the. Uh, um, oh, what the fuck is it? I'll post it. I can't remember if it's Lauren I love, I love double acts like that. That was what I did when I did the stand-up. It was me and my buddy Lowell got together and got up on stage, and it was hilarious. Was it Lowell and Carney? Carly? No, it should have been Lowell and Carney. Cause it oh, was, cause it, cause okay. It, yeah, no, they didn't do an announce your name kind of thing. Should have done it. It was should've just stand-up. and Carney. Like, it was pretty funny. He was super dressed up because he was doing Battle of the Bands with Cody uh, when they were playing together with Men With Guns. And it just happened to be the same night as an open mic comedy night. So we signed up for it, went up there, killed. I think we ended up getting third place. Okay. It's pretty funny. Right on. Oh, oh, real quick. The, the Lauren Petrie, Jonah Barnes podcast is the Electric Kool-Aid podcast, which might be one of the coolest names for a podcast ever. Um, but yeah, we're working on bringing them up here to, to do some of the stuff that we've got going on. Um, that's neither here nor there, but fuck, in a very real way, I'm, uh, I was stopped because I, uh, I played, um, like I was stopped like at, at one of the shops because I was playing, uh, a Men With Guns song. Yeah. Is that you was playing Men With Guns? Yes. That yes, was that me. Was. Yep. Yep. I love yep. their stuff. Um. Man, it's uh, we live in a really interesting place because we have some very, very talented um, musicians who are who've made themselves sort of like interchangeable with other artists. Yeah, um, you've got you know you've got a guy like Hunter Maddox who can play with anybody at any given time, and and all he's going to do is compliment the shit out of whatever it is that they're playing. He's just whatever it is that they're doing, he's going to make them. Yeah, uh, he's going to fulfill that sound. You know, he's versatile gonna, musician, really versatile. Um, um, I'm trying to get him to come over and jam with me too. He's uh, I actually, you know, I'll, I'll email you some of the stuff that we did that that uh, Hunter and I did. Yeah, um, I got some stuff to show you too. Uh, got to got to get together with Ben and Cod a couple times this year while Ben was up from his tours, you know, for the holidays and stuff. And we got to throw down some recordings of some really really tasty stuff. And that's really like um, kind of the point of it, right? Like I was, I caught a podcast a couple weeks ago. It was Rick Rubin sitting down with Andre Three Thousand, and he said uh, Rick Rubin was saying, you know, like if you if you make something and you can play it for your friends and be proud of it, then it's good. Yeah. And that's really that's what all like the goal of being a musician is is to be able to play it for your friends and have your friends say either a it's good and we like it or this is what sucks about it. Yep. Exactly. Um, and the beauty of like what we've got to pull off is it's all just improvised. We're making it up as we're going, you know? you know. We don't know how it's gonna turn out when it's done. But once it's done, we turn around, we listen to it, and we're like, okay, that's actually pretty good, you know? And like I said before, it's about the feeling. You get into it and you can feel what direction it needs to go next, you know. And, um, when you get musicians together that have played together as long as Ben and Cody and I have, it's super easy. And so it becomes like it's just a total jam band I mean where songs can be 15 minutes long and it'll change direction so many times that it almost doesn't even feel like the same song by the time you're done playing it that was what the Incredible Fall used to do we would go from song with like kind of a segue into the next song where the whole set was 45 minutes long so it was almost like a 45 minute long song we never had a break between necessarily 
some things like that were always super cool. Um, oh, I want to go back to the Red Man. Red yes. Man. So my thoughts on that. Yes. Um, I think they didn't sell enough pre-sale tickets to be able to pay for Red and Meth. Now, I remember hearing that it was because they couldn't get on a plane because somebody stole, stole the, the Alaska plane. Airlines plane. I don't. I don't believe that for a second. Um, I don't. I don't know when uh, when they booked the rest of development. Um, but I don't think that. Uh, I think it was like a good week before the show, right? Like they were like the added, like they were like an added feature. No, I think they were there from the beginning. Were they? Um, I think a lot of it, what it was, was I believe Arrested Development already had another show in Anchorage shortly before it. So they just booked them, you know, and it was together. Whereas Method Man and Red Man didn't have any other shows going on in Alaska. Because I agree with you. Why would Method Man and Red Man be on a Alaska Airlines flight? You know what I mean? Well, I don't doubt that they'd be on the, the Alaska Airlines flight. I just, I doubt that they wouldn't be able to A, find you a flight up. I, well, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah, think they're exactly. getting them. I don't think, I mean, like, I'm sure they're flying first class on Alaska Air. I don't, I don't think they're flying up to, like, for a high times show in a, in a private jet. But I, like, I do think that, um, I, I thought they might have even owned one. Hell, they're huge. Uh, they're, yeah, I mean, they're, they've got, a, I mean, it's, I don't think that they would spend their money on a private jet. Like, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know. If I had, if I were Red Man and Method Man's manager, the, Fuck, you gotta hire a pilot, you gotta pay for maintenance on that shit. I don't even think they should own part of it. No, no, they get what they do is they get a Winnebago and uh, they just get someone that they, you know, get a couple of Winnebagos and make it a big family trip. They're all in their 50s now. Yeah. Fuck it, they take their families True. up here. Uh, Grandpa Reggie is taking uh, taking the little ones out fishing, or yeah. you know, for a jog through the mountains. Red Man's in great shape. Okay, truth, yeah. Take him on a mountain. Take him. See if he can outrun a bear. Right. Yeah. Or if the bear catch a bear, catch me. Um, <laughs> and that's how I die. Protecting Red Man. Um, Trick to bear is, is headbutt him in the penis and then push him over the cliff. That's how it works. Yeah. It's a trick to, de to defeating a bear. I mean, it, it, that's pretty much how it went down in the Remnant, right? Yeah. It only works with the, with the males, though. Not with the females. <laughs> Put it right in her, right in her girl jump. Get your head right there. Like, like a weird Russian She's like film. pointing. You're like, right here. Put it right here. <laughs> Give it to me, Mr. Bearstein. Gosh. Oh. Bears making love. <laughs> Bear semen. Yeah. Is it Bear? It was Berenstein or Berenstein? Oh, I thought yeah. it was Berenstein. That's a whole other conspiracy. That's a whole other, yeah, that's kind of, that ties into I remember it being I Yeah, I remember it being I-E-N as a kid. And now you look at it anywhere and it's A-I-N. It's like, no, that's a lie. It never happened. I'm willing to concede that it's always been Willem Dafoe. I'll own that one, that it hasn't ever been William, and I read extra letters because I wanted him to be one with me. Yes. But, um, yeah, I just, I feel like I remember Berenstein Bears as well, but I'm also not bright. Like, I was having a conversation with my wife, because I get into, like, all kinds of conspiracy theories, right? I just, not even if I necessarily believe in them, but I, I become very interested in them because I didn't pay attention in high school. Yeah, um, that's where I'm at. Yeah. So like, so because I didn't pay attention in high school, I didn't pay attention in college, and haven't picked up a, a science book of any note since then. It makes more sense to me that there is an interdimensional stargate where lizards uh, come from, uh, the, you know, zeta reticuli, <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, that it that we went to the Gulf War the first time and second time to retrieve the Saddam Hussein Stargate. That makes way more sense to me. Uh, than trying to explain a Big Bang and, and a universal yeah. eternal expansion. It makes way more sense to me because it's easier to just say lizard people. Yeah, exactly. Crocodile man. Yeah, but I do like, I do like for using um, the kind of the metaphor of the lizard people because if the lizard people, David Icke's lizard people, if they're like starving... If they're surviving off of our misery and us fighting amongst each other and us arguing and hating each other over something stupid like like the media seems to portray us as doing, um, 
then they then they they get full. Their bullies get their bellies get full. However, if we seek to like find joy and find love and happiness with each other, destroys the lizard. It just it. I'm think, starving the I fucking think, lizard people, bro. I think Fox News. All the actors are lizard people. Oh, dude, they I, absolutely CNN, PBS. They, uh, <laughs> fucking PBS. Especially Bob Ross. No, I'm just kidding, man. Bob's cool. Bob, 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 is a, Bob is an Air Force Master Sergeant, man. I like Bob Ross. I do, too. Um, I really like his hair. I like that Bob Ross... Bob Ross was a Master Sergeant in the United States Air Force when, like, being a Master Sergeant was fucking heavy. Yeah. Like, that was a really, really, really big deal. Um, and he... And keep in mind, I have not read his Wikipedia bio. I'm just going to imagine, for my sake, that it's full of, like, combat action ribbons yes. and like he's the ultimate badass and that he just found his peace in teaching people how to, to paint. paint yeah i'm right there with you I, yeah. i've not read his wiki bio either but I'm i not imagine going to. yeah me neither but i imagine bob ross full on a team and out there with machine guns rambo yeah. coming out of the out of the swamp probably part guns. of the mac v sog yeah. you know like he probably had a necklace with ears on it like he was a bad motherfucker huge upper sleeves you know and oh, chest sure oh shit you know like he was real life platoon like he was the guy that was too buku like usaf in old english on his back probably fuck yeah like he looked like a guy where the choice was you can go to you can go to jail or you can go kill shit in the air force and his, his choice was kill shit it's like shave off my afro and hand me a gun yeah, and then because he was such a badass, he just grew it. Like, he had a bandana to hold it down. Yeah. And he grew it out because he was an absolute savage because he was yes. one of those special forces guys who just kind of made shit up as he went along. Yes. Uh, and he had, you know, he had multiple necklaces. He It was basically uh, like um, the Slick Rick of ear necklaces. Yeah. popping shots. Yeah. He was a warrior and stuff. I love Bob Ross. I'm a big fan of Bob Ross. I... I like Bob Ross. Oh, oh, Bobby. Bobby man. Yeah. No, it's. I'm going with the lizard people, and then that that you know we got to starve them. I agree. Yeah. The world needs more love. I I think that people, if they get off their phones and they like they just, and not get off their phones and not listen to podcasts. I think you should absolutely listen to podcasts. Yes. But if you get woke. Get woke. But no, if you make it a point to talk to people who look nothing like you on a regular basis. You're going to find the world's a pretty rad place, and it's it's nothing like what your fucking Facebook feed says it is. Yeah. Like, oh, your yeah. Facebook and Instagram feed has everybody at each other's throats. I got, I got friends that fucking look nothing like me, and I look nothing like them, and my life is a fucking much better place for it. Yeah. I also don't spend too much time looking at the internet. Yeah, like, I've really cut, cut out my Facebook usage. I don't use it much at all, realistically. Um, I keep it more in anything so family can still get in touch from out of state and whatnot. Uh, and also, it's tied to Messenger, and that's how I seem to get half my communications on my phone is through Facebook Messenger. See, I don't like messing with Facebook. I just recently kind of got back on it a little bit, diving into it for like its more like its real, actual, intended purpose. But most of the time, like, I, I look through my, my feed, like, I look at what's coming through, and, and it's friends of mine who are arguing about shit that doesn't matter and fighting about people they don't know. It doesn't matter. They're all fucking lizard people. Yeah. You know, um, there's a... So today is Monday, the whatever it is. The 13th. The 13th. So January. So check it out. Um, allegedly, uh, in the next couple of hours, in the next couple of days... Uh, Project Veritas. They're uh, an organization that released some leaked footage from, uh, I believe it was ABC. They leaked uh, footage from CNN's uh, political bias. They the Acorn videos. Um, I believe the Acorn Project Veritas. Anyway, allegedly they're dropping um, something from the Barry, uh, Barry Sanders. And Barry Sanders was running for president. That would be fucking cool. Uh, but it, from the Bernie Sanders campaign. I don't know how true that is, and, and maybe I shouldn't throw out that kind of conjecture because it turned out to be a nothing burger. Yeah. Um, but I'd be interested to see what comes out of it. If there's some creepy, crazy shit coming out of the Bernie Sanders campaign, like what could it be? Like Bernie Sanders smacking the shit out of people? Yeah, right. Like, and then hopping Larry the, King plays a great Bernie Sanders on SNL, though. He just slaps the shit out of people, and then he hops in his Audi. 
And he's out, he's 5,000. Yeah, he said he yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Bernie for press. Just talking mad shit. Get... Larry King does the greatest Bernie Sanders ever. I haven't seen Larry King's Bernie Sanders. Oh my goodness. It is hilarious. Oh, Larry David. Yeah, Larry David. Larry, Larry David. David. Boring. Brain fart. That's okay. I'm getting old. Do you know that it, uh, Larry King's name is so protected in broadcasting that even if your name is Larry King, you cannot be Larry King? Wow. Yeah. Uh, I met Don King. Or I seen Don King. I didn't actually meet Basically him. the same person. Yeah, Don King. Don King promoter? Yeah. yeah. He's Don King, Chicago O'Hare Airport. Um, he killed a guy. <laughs> I got a picture of it. It's hilarious. Did he really? Yeah. It was. I guess it was like in a card game. Um, but yeah, Don King killed the guy. I got to show you this picture. All right. It's total stalker status. There's nothing wrong with having some stalker he's, photos. He's standing across the airport from me, and I'm like, holy shit, that's Don King. Yeah, but how often do you think that happens to him? Like, And he's recognized Probably by his hair. Every two minutes. Uh, otherwise, he'd put a hat on. Which is still fabulous, by the way. If he didn't want to be recognized, he'd put a hat on. That's it. Yeah. If Don King didn't want to be recognized as Don King, he'd, he'd put a hat on or something. And he, he would look way less like Don King. All right, man. I got to get rolling. I got to go pick my boy up. JP, thank you so much for your time, my friend. Oh, no problem, man. Been trying to get together with you here and do something, and this was the perfect opportunity. It absolutely was. Here we go. All right, before we go into the mandatory drug warning, I would like to give a really solid shout-out and recommendation to the Far North Toker podcast on their most recent podcast regarding the Marijuana Control Board and Ron Bass, the owner-operator of the Houston Grass Station and Calman Collective, a cultivation out of Houston, Alaska. Some of you may or may not be aware of what's going on with those companies and a product called Eagle 20. Eagle 20 is, if I, I don't want to fuck it up and, and call it the wrong thing, I believe it's an insecticide. And it is also combustible. And these folks were allegedly spraying it on their plants. And these plants have recently tested positive for things that shouldn't be on the plants. All right. So Far North Toker and the Mid Toker, I'm sorry, Mid Toker and the Far North Toker podcast have done a really good job of breaking down why this is important. And why the particular players involved are very important. And he continues to do that on a, on a very consistent basis with really, really good production value. It's fun to listen to. All right, so shout out to Mid Toker and the Far North Toker podcast. As per 3AAC 306.360, Alaska Marijuana Control Board Cannabis Use Warning A. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. B. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. C. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. D. For use only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. And E. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Red Run Cannabis Company, License 3A10056. Red Run Cannabis Cultivators, License 4A10052. Red Run Cannabis Cultivators, License 5A19372. 5455 Kenai Spur Highway, 12156 Kenai Spur Highway, Kenai, Alaska 99611.